Hello everyone and welcome to the Project Studio Tea Break. I'm Mike Senior and this is a new podcast format that I've been kind of mulching in my brain. Um, and the idea is basically that I invite composer, musical director, uh, dulcimer player extraordinaire, John Witten, to join me while I, while we both take a, take a break from our general professional endeavours day to day, you know, put the virtual kettle on, riff on various music tech, music industry related matters, generally music making in general, and maybe mull over a few kind of technical or not so technical questions, let off a bit of steam, don't take anything too seriously. Um, at this point, the format's all a bit on the back of an envelope, so uh, I won't lie to you here, but we've thought up some ideas for little features, and we'll see how we get on, basically. And of course, we'll post it up, and you as the listeners can generally tell us which bits you hate and which bits you hate slightly less. So, first of all, hello, John. Good to see you again. Hello there, Mike. Lovely to see you again. It's been, it's been a while. Indeed. What have you been up to just recently? I just recently, um, I was doing some vocal workshops with Pfizer. Pfizer, the the chemical people. There are so many jokes you could you could do on that basis. I mean, really, uh, it's like an open goal, isn't it? I, I really had to bite my tongue while I was in there. In fact, even better, I'll just leave it to the listener's imagination. The jokes that I could have made about Pfizer and, and Acquire. Answers on a postcard, I think is on a postcard. Yeah, it's perfect. It's our first read reader survey, and we're only we're only a few seconds in. It's brilliant. And they, I mean, my favourite thing about it, they had they had apples which were laser printed with their um. With the logo, which, you know, is, is difficult to work into a joke, but was really cool to look at. That is extremely cool and, and entirely incongruous as well. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, a very, very strange, yeah, strange yeah. afternoon of my life. Anyway, you have been scanning the news. You've had your digital tendrils out there filtering through the interweb. Forensically so. Um, and you've been trying to find something to, th- to thrill us all from the news of the I found the single the most exciting thing online. That's good. Is it? Is it decent? <laughs> no, not at all. But having finished with that, I, I came across the iRig Stomp IO. But the second most exciting the second, thing, yeah. Easily the second most exciting thing um, on the internet would be the brand new, like, hot, hot off the presses iRig Stomp IO. This is a, this is an IK piece of kit. Is, is it something you've come across? I kind of have a vague recollection of it. It's kind of like this dongly thing that you can plug in and amp your guitar up or something. Like, something uh, like that. I don't know what uh, it is. Uh, oh, sorry, I, I think I was just getting a call there from 2015. That was, that was the, old, oh, that's oh, the old product, Mike. Ages back. I see, right. Let me drag you kicking and screaming into the year of Carly Rae. School me. <laughs> so the iRig Stomp IO, you, you, it's just a big old stomp box. So you've got four buttons and the expression pedal and all that stuff, the sort of thing that would normally be a MIDI controller for a bunch of guitar pedals. Okay. All well and good. And it can be used that way. That's left my guitarist behind already. There's so many buttons. (laughs) So many. There are four. Yeah, and he has two feet. This is over-engineered in the extreme. (laughs) Um, Its big go-to thing is that you use your iPod or your iPhone or something like that. It's made to work with Amplitude and Vocal Live, and you can have a thousand different amps in there and a thousand different pedals and scroll through them. Oh, so all like on an app? Absolutely, absolutely. All, all app-based. It is trendier than now, then. It's even trendier. It's all the power of having your laptop on stage at a gig without being one of those people who has their laptop on stage at a gig, which for me <laughs> is an advantage <laughs> worth paying for. Yeah. I mean, is there, is there a danger you might actually step on your laptop, though? Or your phone. There was not a single review I read that didn't make a joke about dropping beer on an iPad. Um, I, I don't know if you can buy a sort of poncho 
cover. Does it fit around your phone? It's yeah, it slots. It slots quite nicely. You can see that's that's the problem to me. I, I once went to, went to a kind of a, a like a seminar where they where they were talking about you know using iPads live on stage, and the guy was complaining about all these different. Um, mounts that they had for different iPads and stuff and how uh, I think it was Alesis got stung like twice in a row where they did one of those mixers where you, you plug your iPad in the top and then just after they released it Apple changed the dimensions of the iPad and it wouldn't fit <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they brought out a new one and they did it again <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just wonder whether you might get just stung. You know, you just get your new iRig thingy, and, and then all of a sudden your, your phone's got to become a different shape. It's completely useless. That makes a lot of sense now because the design of this, they haven't got a. They've just got a ledge that you balance it on. Oh, well, that's, that's, so that's okay. I think they've heard of this. Yeah, yeah. Do they have a, do they have a Ponzi name for the ledge? Kind of um, support dock or something? I think it's a Muso support dock handler. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Bitcoin, Bluetooth. Yeah, yeah. Crypto nonsense. One of the things it's claiming, though, with, with this uh, was it Vocal Live, is that you can make your mic sound like a really, really expensive mic by pressing the expensive mic button. I haven't tried that, so I don't want to say that's ridiculous, impossible, and will never work. But I was wondering if you could... Oh, it's a, it's a hot topic, because this is something Antares offered as a plug-in, God, at least 10 years ago. It was the Antares mic modeler, where, they, where you had a, basically a plug-in that had a little pull-down menu. On one side it said, like, what's your input mic? And the other side it was like, what's your output mic? So you could take your SM57 and then select your like, U47 vintage on the other side. And the idea was that it was supposed to transform one into the other. And just kind of in recent years, I mean, it's about a year ago, Slate brought out basically the same thing. Except that they had, um, they shipped it with a microphone. So the idea was, well, we know exactly how this microphone works. Oh, okay. So it's with a microphone, yeah. and then we model everything past the microphone, and you can select preamps and what microphones, whatever else. And we reviewed it in SOS and did this kind of thing. And, and Slate wasn't admittedly tremendously happy about it <laughs> because we weren't, <laughs> we weren't, we weren't entirely. Um, Fulsome in our praise of the of the thing in some respects. Okay, okay. Another company has come out with one that's a little bit better. I think it's called Townsend that has like this quite clever. It was to do with the off-axis sound of the mic being a problem, and this is a kind of an ongoing ongoing thing. But I mean, the fundamentally with, with recording vocals, yeah, the choice of mic is tremendously important because different mics suit different singers, and sometimes a cheap mic suits a singer much better than an expensive mic. Mm -hmm. And you can't really know till you put it up. So if it's for vocal mics, that's about the one situation where I think, yeah, that kind of stuff can be worth money because it just gives you like 12 different sounds immediately that you can try. And one of those will probably suit your voice better than another. In almost every other situation, that kind of mic modeling stuff, I, I get more and more cagey about it. Just because it's expensive for a single microphone. Usually the microphone that's provided is not that good anyway, not as good as the, as the price tag. And the off-axis sound is one of the big deals of, mm, of, of mm. microphones when you're doing that kind of modelling stuff. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. Contentious, I think, would be the point. A perennially thorny issue, it could be said. It is, absolutely. But at the same time, I mean, this is being marketed at, at kind of mostly home studio use or early professional live use. And it sounds like what you're saying is that if, if you did want to try out a bunch of things, you could either drop 50 grand on four different expensive mics or you could use this app and just get some results. It's a little bit like that, yeah. It's more that you could get the app and the mic or you could get like five different budget mics. And the five different budget mics would still cost you five times as much as the single mic, mm. but, you, but you wouldn't actually get five times the value in that respect. Yeah. 
compared to the compared to the one that has the modeling function with it. You know, the modeling function may not be quite as good as being able to switch between five mics, but it's almost as good if they're on a kind of a more budget level like that. And just the difference between the different mics is 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 something that's worth worth having, even if they're not expensive mics. I mean, I, I, the, the session I did the other day. The mic that worked best on a couple of the singers is like a two hundred dollar microphone. It's not expensive at all, and you're like swapping it out for ones that, that that were more expensive. And no, that one actually sounded better on them. And that's so that's the one that you want. I I had a singer once who I was recording in a. I, I was engineering the session, hmm. and um, the the producer wanted her to try an SM57. I got up and hook one of these up and she tells me that SM57s make her sound out of tune and she doesn't laugh. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> she tells me that she's done this before. That is good. She is kind enough to say it with a smile. Well, I mean, the good thing, the good thing with the 57 is that it's got that little plastic ring at the top, doesn't it? And the plastic <laughs> ring turns. Oh, if yes. she believes that, I bet you could, I bet you could go, well, no, that's just because they, they didn't tune it properly before the session. <laughs> <laughs> you just oh. twiddle the little ring and go, can you sing into it a bit? No, no, it's a bit, a little bit more. <laughs> I am so furious with myself for not doing that. Oh, I would so do that. That would have been incredible. <laughs> okay, next time. Next time, I need to do more vocal recording. That's all good. Okay, so it's great. It's super compact. What upsets me about it is that it uses proprietary IK apps only. And in fact, SOS said you know, that makes it future-proof because they'll just keep updating the apps ah. um, for forever and keep supporting them, to which I say IPB10 from Digitech, yeah. which is which is a great quality by all reports, exactly the same thing. Um, and a couple of years ago, they stopped supporting the apps. They stopped developing them. They've got some legacy things up, but they don't offer any support on those. So it's not future-proof at all. And once those apps stop working, it's... A MIDI controller that you paid far too much money for. Yeah, or or once I mean, this is I find this particularly with with computer peripherals. Anything that has like USB two on the back, and you suddenly upgrade to Thunderbolt, it's like all your USB two stuff. You might as well chuck away. It's the thing is, does it let you use all the kind of interfacing without the apps? Can you just at least use it as an audio interface or something? Yeah, you can run audio straight through it. I mean, if you have that and some pedals, it's got its own inbuilt audio interface, which is twenty four bit and ninety six kilohertz. That's right, listeners. I looked up the numbers. Yeah, I can see. I can see. You just dropped that one in there. (laughs) High quality reporting you can expect from T-Break. Now, this is the kind of standard that I expect. (laughs) (laughs) That I'm I'm determined to uphold here. Just also from memory, it has four built-in switches along with an expression pedal and features an audio interface. Oh, it's just the same stuff. (laughs) Those are all the technical details I have. Um, Oh, but yeah, and it has phantom power as well. So like, oh well, that's that's useful though. Actually, right? You can you can run a you can run a proper mic off it. (laughs) So you can just run it as an audio interface. Yeah. But then you lose that that unique thing that you can use your iPad with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's possible, isn't it? You know, you can use it live. I mean, it's a live angle. I can see being a real, real thing and that i know absolutely nothing about <laughs> so that's the kind of so i'm just just throwing that in there as if i know what i'm talking about but no 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 sure i, I bought it i bought it um and it's it's what it's, it's like 300 euros or something so well, it's not too bad is it but you know they've got a decent selection of mic models they claim to have yes yeah. and i'm sure they wouldn't lie to us on something as important as that <laughs> um. indeed indeed yeah i'll take it in trust i i like the look of it i wish they'd gone the hippy dippy organelle Root of making it beautifully open source. You would wish more people would do that, wouldn't you? you I mean, you, you really do. I mean, that's why MIDI's. That's basically why MIDI's still going, isn't it? 
that they, they made it open source. And, and everyone's come out with like various different ones. There was a Zippy at one point that was supposed to be faster and various other things that are coming. It's like, no, we'll just use the open source thing. It works. Because it works. Does the job. I mean, how old is that now? That's, that's like 25, 35 years old, MIDI. Hooray for MIDI! Hooray yeah. for MIDI. Well, well done. Well done, MIDI. And in fact, in the interest of, of open sourcing... Um, we could we could provide a five second gap here for the user to put in any any joke they thought was funny. Yeah, so that this podcast is compatible with any future audio they wish to insert into it. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, no, I mean, it's yeah. fabulous. Okay, okay, we'll just we'll, so, all right. Are we ready? One, two, I'm, three. I'm ready. I think that works. That's good. I think so. I, was, I, I, think I, so. Was, I think that that's got the kind of resolution that will last the years in the future. <laughs> no, I mean, not not a word of exaggeration. I feel like that may be the highest quality audio we've put out so far. <laughs> it's quite possible. It was certainly the cleanest. <laughs> I'm curious to know what you're listening to at the moment when it's when it's not oh, mixes you're what's rescuing. My, what's my jam? You see, this this is another of our features we come up with, and I've been I've been racking my brains. This is this is basically our, our feature. What is your jam? And this is to do with like something you're listening to, just anything you're you're enthusiastic about or you're into. Whether it could be a guilty pleasure, it could just be something you're excited about. Anything. The thing. This is just again an aside. We're going to have lots of these. I, th- I can <laughs> see. I was thinking, you know, we need some kind of an idea for this. I was wondering whether we we needed some kind of Toast Foley for this, for, for What's Your Jam? <laughs> oh, what, just sort of a two martini glasses? A... Oh, oh, like that, you're thinking more like that. I was thinking like, like toast, like you spread jam on. Oh, I mean, is there any reason we can't combine the two? It is possible. Besides good taste and good sense. Yeah, indeed. Any, any, any reason besides indeed, those? Indeed. So anyway, well, by the by. I've just got the joke that it's toast and you put jam on toast. With you. Well, in which case, go go get the Foley toast. Go on the white the white, the white slice. <laughs> we don't want any of that whole grain nonsense. I'm it looking... doesn't sound nearly the same. <laughs> you just need to go... <laughs> I can do... Oh, We'll just have to beatbox jam noises. You can make a noise like some jam. I have sandpaper. Here we go. I have sandpaper right here. You see, there you go. That's our ident straight away. Great. Easy. Right, so we've got that out of the way. So what's my jam? My jam this time is actually more a kind of a... Just a psychological thing that, that the thing that I've been really getting off on this this last couple of days. I did a big recording session, uh, kind of about four four or five days last week, where we were recording like an eight piece band with uh, four vocalists all playing and singing together on location in in some music school local to here. Did you, when you were a kid, right, build camps and things out of blankets and chairs and tables and things in your in your bedroom? Oh, for sure. I mean, me and my brother were mental for that. We'd drive our mum loony, <laughs> kind of raid the linen collection. And just there'd be, oh no, they've got all the blankets out again. Mm-hmm, it would be mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And we'd go make like, tunnels and all that kind of stuff. And also, you know, we, we lived kind of in a vaguely kind of countrified area. So we'd like head out into the woods and be like tying oh, sticks wow. together and all that kind of nonsense. <laughs> with with the clean sheets and the nice towels. Yeah, yeah. So, but, so, but this is never really died for me because now all these that's one of the reasons I really like these sessions is that I go to a place where there is no studio set up at all and you have to build the studio so I take cram the whole car full of crap and go out to this place and basically build it on site build the all the studio all the cabling and everything okay so what kind of place might you arrive to like what is there in this case it was uh it was a music school theater Mm. so they it was like their performance theater was maybe like I'm guessing maybe three or four hundred seats, quite small and kind of fan-shaped. 
And that was basically where I had the band. Mm -hmm. And then behind it was a backstage room. And that's where I set up my little control room area. There was a little storage room to one side that we used as an extra little ISO booth. And then upstairs was then a, a like some kind of, I think they'd had a play group in there because the guy who was helping <laughs> me said, kept complaining about the fact that there's sand all over the floor. Oh, do we drop sand here? <laughs> and I think they'd had some kind of kids group in there who'd, who'd, okay. who'd like been playing with the sand. Who'd done a bunch of sand stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so we had all the vocalists up there. Mm -hmm. And... It's, it's like that. It's also just this... This It was a particularly mental session in that respect because there was lots of actually building strange constructions. Like, you know, to isolate the base, like put up a lighting stand and put <laughs> like um, uh, duvets over it. And then we found... The great thing was we had the run of the place. Okay. We were allowed to use anything that was there. So they had these huge great frames that they put stage backdrops on. Oh, yeah. So we could get those and we grabbed this huge carpet from the hall and put it over the thing. It was just so much fun, unreasonable amounts of that fun. That sounds like way too much I mean, fun. I was, I was almost at the point of going, should we like put, put a tunnel in there as well? <laughs> I, fancy, I fancy crawling in a bit more. <laughs> Makes it more my kind of thing. We can we can forget about the music for a bit and let's just, let's just, just build. build stuff, let's... yeah. Build it and they'll come. Mm -hmm. But upstairs, I built this kind of uh, like cross-shaped baffle thing because we had tremendous problems on the previous time okay. we called these people with spill between the vocal microphones. So that was another great kind of, yeah, Meccano. It was, it was a truly Meccano thing. <laughs> there, there's, some, there's some pictures on my Patreon feed. It's, it's so like, now how can I get these things to stay? Maybe if I bolt some things, it was like a load of wing nuts <laughs> it's holding this thing together. <laughs> and then and then it was like the, the piano had to have like duvets suspended over it but I couldn't like fix anything to it so we were like it's like suspending clip straps round of, but I was going to show you because this is I am absurdly jealous right now I really this, is the, this is perfect podcasting you see it's, it's the visual element of podcasting right? <laughs> but uh, you'll have, you have to describe what you okay. see but you're seeing a big blue rucksack Mike is showing me here a big well, a big blue rucksack this is how I, this so, how I describe car, it for example this kind of stuff that I like hold things together. <laughs> okay, make Mike is Mike is holding up got... a bunch of straps and buckles that would probably get him on an FBI watch list if you tried to take <laughs> them through an airport. Thing, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or it's from my red room of pain. It's either that, you see. <laughs> and then there's things like this that I had from when the kids were young that are designed to hold a door so it doesn't close on the fingers. <laughs> we can't I use, I'm using those for like cable protection. Pause. We can't like, have a Fifty it's Shades of Grey. We can't have a Fifty Shades of Grey reference in the first episode. Oh, we could. Mike, I'm not sure. Well, I've got, I've got, I've got the clamps. <laughs> so I've got various, I've got Mike various is now clamps and carabiners and Velcro. Show me is, nipple like, clamps. It's I... just such fun. Mm -hmm. Just rooting through it all and going, well, how can I make? It's like you feel like MacGyver. You feel like you're actually doing a real engineering job rather than just a, a pansy one that's called engineering when it's actually just twiddling knobs just, and listening to things. Yeah, no, you're building. You're so for for yeah. any younger listeners, MacGyver is sort of <laughs> fill them in, fill them in for me for granddad. It's kind of low-res Minecraft. <laughs> it is, with a mullet. <laughs> low-res Minecraft with a mullet mod. Let's, let's go yeah, with that. It is, it is. Yeah. But yeah, but the thing is, it's not just that I, I just really love doing it. It's just such fun. Mm. But it also, I think there's, there's something to be said for a bit, actually from a, I'm doing my best to, to justify this, from any, <laughs> any reason other than my own, my own gratification. But I think it does actually benefit the session because... Your moment you, you you come and you build something from scratch like that, mm. the band you inevitably the band have to get involved. You know, people are lugging things here and there, and you kind of and you're all scratching your head about how the hell do we build a wall here between these two instruments, or whatever. Yeah. and it creates this kind of siege mentality thing that you feel like you're all mucking in together, you're all kind of like crawling through the tunnels together and and building the wing nuts or whatever else. And it's also that it it's kind of it's almost like you're you're crediting the band with you're important enough mm. to build this whole thing around. 
Mm-hmm. And the, the, they see stuff going up and it becomes an event in the way that just collecting together and having a couple of mics put up isn't quite the same. Isn't, isn't the same, no. You know, if you have this huge thing that looks like some kind of stranded X-wing that with the vocalist, the vocalist singing, <laughs> then, then the, it's like, wow, this is, this is freaky. This, the, it kind of becomes a bit more exciting than it would otherwise be. And it's like you really care about it. So the value of this, just other than my own gratification, my own puerile kind of... <laughs> want to want to build things, build camps. Mm. Um, I think this is. I think it's a really big thing. So I'm. I'm oh yeah, I'm, I'm really stoked about. It. I'm still kind of high off off my, off the fumes of this, uh, of the airfix glue that I uh, I put it all together with. It does sound like a huge huge amount of fun. I I wonder if like the takeaway though is that building blanket forts is more fun than recording music. Because what what I'm hearing is gonna, the great mood it puts everyone in. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's it's dangerous, isn't it? Yeah, dangerous. It's a dangerous the, we message. Can't let people know this fact, or um, the whole industry might collapse. Yeah, yeah, you have to do it with a very straight face. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think we need more turrets on this one. <laughs> and occasionally, occasionally, do the do the clap thing. You know, where you just clap very yeah. loudly, <laughs> yeah. and then make a face like yeah. when you're tasting wine. That sort of. Mm, it's true. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. I love that movie. Tooth sucking. <laughs> Tooth sucking. It's, it's a great way to establish dominance over a space. I think there should, I think there should actually be a module on, on tooth sucking in, in any music tech course. It's, it's an art, I think. <laughs> yeah, so that is my jam for this month. I feel fully jammed. There we go. Excellent. Good. We've got the ident out of the way. Our, our jam sting. And uh, yeah, so so let's, let's get into some more, more serious business. Less fort building, more answering people's questions. Answering people's heartfelt pleas for our help. And with, with good reason. I mean, already we've demonstrated oh. the unique blend of skills that we bring Expertise to this. Expertise and professionalism yeah. co- coming, coming out mm-hmm. of our ears. Right. What have we got first? Ah, uh, I don't know. I thought you had one. <laughs> You see, this is the kind of professionalism <laughs> that we've come to expect. I, oh, I, th- I thought you had the questions this time. All right. No, no, no. Okay, well, um, no, well that's just to make one up then. Uh, well, I don't know. Um, what's, uh, mm. Okay, 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 right. I've, we've, got, I've got a serious we've one. Got this. Got a serious we've one. got this. Okay. We have, we, have we have the pride of the uh, Dulcimer playing session community on the podcast. Hi. And so <clears> I'm sure he must have once seen Dulcimer being mic'd up because I've never seen a Dulcimer being mic'd up. He must have a technique for dulcimer processing or dulcimer miking, or, or does it just have a DI? This, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> oh, Lord, my, my whole life would be twice as long if, if it was that simple to mic up a dulcimer. So uh, a band that I spent the last three years touring with, um, I, I play the dulcimer in. So we, we've mic'd it up all over the place with kind of five-minute festival setups and nice radio, nice radio studio setups. Tried no end of things. Tried mics underneath and on top and on the side and in the room. Basically, they they fire up. Oh, right. Um, right. Up and sort of towards the musician, because most musicians will play them slanted up a bit towards them. I, I mean, I've always seen them like on a table, but do you like hold them or...? or... Okay, so no, no, they'll be on a table, but mm-hmm. normally the, the back will be propped up a little bit. Like... Uh, towards the player. Towards the player, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. So you're about 30 to 40 degrees up okay and the sound will sort of fire up at the player um so if you can the great thing is to have something about players head height right and just put a nice condenser mic up there and that will get most of what's going on i've had engineers obsessed with getting a stereo image out of it but the tones aren't arranged left to right like it's 
I'm thoroughly unconvinced that there's anything useful about that. It, it's, right. I'd much rather get a mono signal and a nice stereo reverb to, to give it a sense of space. Yeah. Never put a mic underneath it. Oh, right, um, right. It feels like the bass comes from there, but it doesn't at all. Uh, if you need added bass, just... Well, I mean, it sh surely it would kind of have to be squished between that and the table. Yep. Or are there, or are there special dulcimer tables with like a hole? Again, no, we, dulcimers get nothing special. We are the underappreciated orphan children. <laughs> Of, Indeed. of the musical instrument world. So yeah, that one mic up above will get you most of what you want. If you want some stick sound, then you position the mic at the, the far edge, the top edge, pointing down at the player's crotch, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so it kind of points across all the strings from the top. And that will that gives you a percussive thing if, if the sound is just a bit too airy and fairy. And to be honest, with those two mics, that's the best sound I've ever had from the dulcimer. In fact, a, a mutual friend, Dan Jeffries, I, I had a, a lovely few hours where we played with dulcimer sounds and we wound up with those two microphones. Well, it also has the honour of being the second instrument that I know of that has a dick mic. <laughs> please, please <laughs> tell me what the first instrument to have a dick mic is. It's drums. There's a position there that some engineers call a dick mic. Where, where I mean, I, I tend to call it a kick-snare mic, but basically they, they stick it in that kind of gap between the snare mm -hmm. and the kick drum and they kind of point it, well, obviously, where you'd expect... <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of picks up. It's I, I like it actually because it's kind of nice, kind of rock and roll rattle that you kind of get from mm -hmm. it. But uh, more or less. But yeah, so we know that that he now shares that with the dulcimer. It'll be easy to remember now. <laughs> next time, I, next time I mic a dulcimer up. Yes. Well, the first time I mic a dulcimer up, you can come in with a microphone. And and uh, which side do you dress on? <laughs> you know. Got, Does it matter? We've got an upper class tailoring joke in there. Now. It's, I, it's good. I only learnt. About a month ago, what what side do you do you dress sir, or what side do you get out of bed? What that actually means, and if you don't know, look it up online because that's as far into that. Yeah, subject. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> keep safe search on. I would suggest. <laughs> Cracking on, we've answered another pressing question for the music tech community. You're welcome, music tech community. It's facepalm time. It is. I think it's facepalm time, by which I mean our regular feature, facepalm of the month. And it's been, oh, it's been a smorgasbord this month. I've, oh, it's been facepalm stuff. Not only have I facepalmed myself this very day, trying to organise this podcast and missing the appointment. <laughs> another fine example. But it's not been my only facepalm by a long shot today. This big recording session that I talked about, it's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it, because it's been, it was facepalm central. I mean, it was, it's partly because whenever I set up one of these rigs, every time it's different. You know, you're borrowing different bits of gear. You're, you're, you've got different requirements. I mean, there's like 30 lines coming in on this session. It was a big session. But it's also because um, we had to have five different headphone mixes. Now, I, oh, I f***ing hate headphones. I just don't <laughs> like them. And it just makes, oh, it just makes doing a recording session about 50 times more difficult. I don't know how the monitor people... Who, who do live shows, how they cope with it, honestly. Yeah, they're, they're the yeah. biggest saints in the world. Because I just find myself grinding my teeth after doing about two of them. <laughs> so if ever I can avoid using headphones, I do. Because, and one of the reasons for it is because I had so many facepalm moments on this session. Either because like I had a little uh, monitor mixer that I was using my monitor controller so mm -hmm. that I could listen to each of the headphone mixes and listen to the control room mix. Okay. So I could so I could hear what they were hearing. If someone said, I, I want some keyboard in my headphones, I could switch to their headphone mix mm -hmm. Fade up the centre of their headphones and, and get a rough balance straight away hearing it in the control room. 
Mm-hmm. But the number of times I forgot to flip the things back, and then I go, "Where's the piano? Where's the piano?" <laughs> and, oh, and the worst thing is that then you go, "Where's the piano?" And then you, you you twiddle something, and you go, "Oh God, no! I've got the I've got the wrong mix going." And then and then you switch it back, and then you have masses of piano. And now I've moved piano, it. Piano like eats you for breakfast. <laughs> so there was all that kind of nonsense, and so it was, it was like one after other. There were so many of those. But brilliantly, there was there was something that is a real rarity, which was a phantom facepalm. Now, this is something I don't often get. This is where, in fact, this is something they do in the meaning. Do you know the meaning of lith? That Douglas Adam talk with all the definitions. I don't know. It's basically where he takes lots of um, place names hmm. and he uses them to signify meanings where, where there's not a word for that meaning yet. And there's, there's, a, there's a particular trio that I always remember. There's the Ely, mm-hmm. which is that horrible feeling that something somewhere has gone terribly wrong. <laughs> Oh, I wish that didn't feel so familiar. Yep. I know. Everyone's been there. Then there's the Wembley, mm. which is that impending sense of doom when you realise that the disaster foretold in the Ely is exact, it's about to take place. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Wembley. And then there's the Godalming, which is where that rush of relief you get when you realise that the Ely was a false alarm. <laughs> And the, fa- the phantom facepalm was a little bit like that. It was just one of these classic moments where I was, you know, when I, when I, uh, we, we went through various different songs and every song, the sound would change a bit. So I'd just have to go through and check that the microphones were all doing roughly what I thought they would be. Because mm. I didn't want to do it like three takes or something and then realise that the left overhead had fallen off. Okay. So while they were doing their first take, I was going through the mics and soloing them and bang on cue as I soloed, I don't know, the, the bass mic, mm. which had been playing consistently up to that point. Everything went silent. <laughs> I hit the bass, bass mic solo and I thought, oh my God, the whole thing's fallen apart, the whole thing's gone dead. Have we just completely lost the whole system in the middle of a take? And then at about a fraction of a second later, I realised that actually that was just a point in the arrangement where they all did a stop. <laughs> so, so like about three quarters of a second later, they all come back in. It's like, oh my God. Oh, kind of have a heart oh, attack thinking that you just, oh. you just called the whole thing to grind to a halt and it didn't happen. So there was a phantom face palm. <laughs> but the face palm I feel most bad about actually was there was a guy helping me who's one of my patrons who's helped me with a bunch of like reviewing stuff and he's helped me on previous sessions I've done so I said to him well look right. if you want to come along to the session to see what I'm up to and we can discuss it and if you can kind of help out with moving things and building tents then come along it'd be great to have you there and, and yeah just for the experience so he came along but one of the things that I often forget to do when I'm doing any kind of session whether I'm mixing or recording or whatever is to eat okay and I'd had a, a good lunch because mm-hmm. I thought to myself, I know I'm going to forget to eat. I better have a good lunch. And also, because I know I'm like this, I always go to the local supermarket and basically fill up an entire carrier bag full of like muesli bars and whatever else. That's a survival pack. Just because there usually comes the point about 11 o'clock in the evening when we've got to the point where we've got a stable set up and I'm just doing the third take where I go, oh my God, I'm feeling dizzy. <laughs> uh, that's only because I've not eaten all day. And so I kind of dive into the Pringles or whatever it is I've mm-hmm. got. So I got this kind of stuff, but... Sure enough, I got there at about four o'clock in the afternoon and there, and there was Herb and he was kind of helping me. We got till about 11 o'clock in the evening before I realised we hadn't had anything to eat at all. Poor old Herb. Who might not be in that same... And it was like, and all I could do was kind of go, uh, do you want a muesli bar? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh no. Like... Really, it wasn't, it wasn't my finest time. And the worst thing was then, I felt really bad about it. Sorry, Herb, if you're listening to this. <laughs> But, but we were then staying overnight with one of the guys in the band mm-hmm. and we were, we were sharing a room in his attic and we, we got the little camp beds out. And then it was like, if you, do you know that uh, Edgar Allan Poe story, The Telltale Heart? Yes, absolutely. It was a bit like that. We got into bed and then your silence settled and then my stomach went... <laughs> 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 it, felt, 
<laughs> it was the recriminations from your own digestive system. Basically. Digestional betrayal. It yeah, was. Yeah. It was absolutely. Yeah. It was. It was the full rub my nose in it. It was really bad. But yeah. So that that was that was the biggest face part. But. There, were, there was also another type of facepalm, the brand, the flavour. My goodness. It was, it was the facepalm that is actually the facepalm where you completely, you facepalm yourself about something someone else does. They had a couple of people from the press there, apparently, from the local newspaper or whatever, mm-hmm. who were just coming to report on what was going on because they knew some of the band. Okay. And it just reminded me how little most people understand about the way a recording setup works. We were, like, doing takes, and the press guy was just, like, wandering in and out. Next to me, where there was this booth where I deliberately like closed the doors to try and keep the spill out of the acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. and then there was the band like wailing away in the theatre, and he was just like wandering through, leaving the doors open while we're in the middle of a take. <laughs> so it was like that. That was the moment where I think the palm did actually physically hit face. I mean, but that's that's the point where your palm ideally hits someone else's face. Not that I'm I'm endorsing violence in any way, but maybe I'm too nice about it. But oh, it's been a vintage face palm month this month. <laughs> It's been it's been rich pickings. It's been very difficult to narrow it down, really. To there've been so many different flavors, yeah. different varieties. It was like, yeah, I don't know. I think it may be it may be downhill from here, basically. It may be <laughs> very poor face palm quality from now on. I don't know. I have forms, so I think we'll eat off those for a while. And I can't go more than three days without doing something fairly tremendously stupid. Um, well, that's good. That's good. We we need we need material. So <laughs> keep, keep keep going. Keep going on that. Keep at it. Keep at it. I will. I will do do my <laughs> utmost. Okay. Well, I think we've pretty much wrapped things up for this episode. Pretty much wrapped. Um, just quickly to thank uh, Burkhart Piano Stools mm-hmm. for for their their kind support of this this particular episode. I mean, um, they are obviously leaders in uh, piano stool technology for the over over forty mm. years. You can get uh, different models in hornbeam and oak and mm-hmm. uh, different uh, fabrics. I mean, I'm currently using their uh, their crank stool. I mean, this is because they're branching out now into podcast support seating. And uh, I mean, the consistency of my vocal is, is in fact due to the optimised height that I've been able to do through um, adjusting my crankshaft tool. Okay. Um, h- how are you getting on with your uh, your deluxe duet bench? The, the the deluxe duet bench, as you say. Well, I mean, I figured you'd probably like the uh, the upholstery buttons. Completely, completely. I can I can swap between the texture, plush velvet, and um, and intimidatingly sexual leather just at a press of a button. It, it's, it's a quite incredible feature. If you could stop moving around so much, it would be, it's getting a bit distracting. <laughs> I, I agree, but I, I, I simply can't. Um, no, the incredible height. Mm, mm. So obviously, um, thanks to Burkhardt for supporting the, <laughs> the podcast. And, um, Very kind. Uh, yeah, so John, was there, was there anything you, were, you wanted to plug in this uh, forthcoming month? So my website is johnwitten, J-O-N-W-H-I-T-T-E-N.com. That's the place to follow all the regular stuff. I've got a show coming up at the Edinburgh Festival called Fandango, the Spanish Dance. Uh, it's not the subtitle, but it is a Spanish dance, <laughs> so you can pre-book tickets for that from the end of this month. And yeah, that's me. That's me. Mike, is there a particular thing you want to get out there to the world? Well, I'm not, obviously the main thing for me is my Patreon campaign. If you've liked what you've heard today and want something a little bit more serious and uh, slightly more uh, <laughs> full of audio examples and mixing tips and stuff, mm. then check out uh, my Patreon's podcast. And I've got uh, like tutorial videos and things, depending on what the kind of pledge amount is on the uh, Patreon campaign site. Great stuff. Cool. Well, I think that's pretty much all for this episode. We will catch you next time when you tune into the <laughs> <laughs> you tune into the Project Studio Tea Break Musical Sting. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>